24. Hello and welcome to Slash Dupe, the movie pitching podcast with a twist. The twist is we're on to part two of the Slash Dupe double feature end of season special. I'm still joined by Dan and Ryan and the ever still wonderful Molly Grace Cutler and Chris Coxon. How do we feel so far? How's everybody doing? Good. We've we've got lots of liquids. (laughs) We are feeling ready. That's vague. What sort of liquids do you want to give us some? (laughs) That could go anywhere, really. Um, Yeah, I mean, let's leave it to the viewer's imagination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please send us uh, at Slash Deep. You can find us. Send us what sort of liquids you think that uh, we're all imbibing today. Um, I didn't (laughs) say last episode. So... Um, how it works is last episode, so we have two parts, two features, two guests, um, and uh, the first title that uh, Molly pitched um, uh, alongside Dan and then Ryan duped was Into the Fire. So that was the first title. Um, Molly won that one. Um, and Molly's idea was fantastic. You can go back and listen to part one um, and... I didn't despair say this at, at the time. Future and human despair. Race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I didn't. I didn't say this at the time, but I would be extremely unhappy if I didn't see Molly at some point draw and share with us the image that she has in her head of this animal. Would that be acceptable, Molly? I can Molly? totally do that. Send it to us if you're okay with it. We'll put it on our social media or whatever. We'll put it out there. I really. If it's good enough, Ryan will get it tattooed in his. Yeah. <laughs> I'm de- I'm desperate to see what this looks like. Um and uh Chris was with us the entire time as well and uh and put in his two cents and it was wonderful and but but we are now here for the the second part and uh Chris will be pitching his title which is a different title to what Molly had Molly had into the fire uh and most people will now be able to divine uh if I can reveal it now that Chris's title for slash dupe is out of the frying pan. So, ah, so you can you see the see link coming. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the link, and at the end of this episode, we will be uh, finding a, a either a third idea or a, or mixing the ideas or finding some common ground so that it feels like for the slash dupe double feature at the end of the season, it feels like the two ideas become a double feature of, of their own. Can I so, can I just say that we are at episode twenty four. We are now at the end of the season. This is the last episode yeah. of regulation regulation game that yep. we are playing. That we are recording. Um, it's it's been a journey. You know, it's been a real yes. journey. We started this um, just before the world crashed. No, it was well before that. No, 2020, we started in, in 2020, in January 2020. January 2020. So we thought everything was going good. Hey, it's 2020, we're going to make a podcast and change the world and it's going to be amazing and beautiful. And <laughs> that's, that's, that's when we started it all. Um, and, you know, we're two, two years in, basically. Uh, and it's been, it's been a hell of a journey, an amazing journey from recording in the Capo Studios. You, a journey that I never thought we'd finish. Yes, I know. So I'm, I, I've, no, not in a horrible way. I just think I'm really glad we've done it. Yeah. yeah. It's been such an emotional journey as well, gents. Yeah, it has. It has. It's well, been us. Like, we, we started this when we we just not quite got into contact with you, just got in contact with you, but mm. really established sort of our Cusbro relationship. Yeah. 
And yeah. um, I think it's fair to say over the last two years, like the closest family that I have, well, actually probably probably the closest family I think I speak to you more than I speak to my own brother. <laughs> That's um, only because we no, we we forcibly talk. Yeah, we need your That's time exactly. desperately. Exactly, yeah, yeah. That's kind. <laughs> but no, we, the, the the bond that we've established over the last two years has been um, has been unbelievable, and and one of the things that's got me through lockdown as well. So uh, thank you, oh. my wonderful Cusbros, for being Thanks, there, all the way through it. That's Thanks lovely. Yeah, yeah, it has been good. Um, and you know, we should have, we should in theory have finished this in in half a year, right? Twenty four episodes releasing on a two week <laughs> schedule, but you know, life very much got in the way for all of us. Um, Somehow and we there, dragged uh, it out. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We embraced like, the specials, right? We embraced the idea of doing specials, you know, when when one of us couldn't make it. But I'm really pleased today that that we managed to get not one but two guests in, and that we're able to have our have guests back because it's something I really miss. So, like, not only do I, am I really grateful, Chris and Molly, for you guys making it. By the way, we're recording this at two a.m., so yep. that's uh, <laughs> so all it did. All this podcast cost us is now based on my fiance who's upstairs uh her messages is my relationship so yeah. that's okay so that's and all I, it costs me i've got um, i've got work in in five hours so it could also cost <laughs> me my job um but yeah so it's it, worth it dan is it yeah so that it, you can it feels, uh, like, it feels like it's come to a head by the end you of this, have you know, to like... suffer for your art didn't someone say that at some point probably yeah also at any point this evening um i could still have to drive home to my wife yeah, who could be giving birth. So um, I could also lose my entire family. So <laughs> everything's on the line. This, oh, uh... I might miss the spa. <laughs> <laughs> Molly um, Grace Cutler, star of beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind, uh, Chris, you have a high bar uh, to meet, don't you? Um, You've got a very high bar, yes. <laughs> and I feel like I'm at a certain disadvantage at it now being 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hey, I'm so you know, sorry. Great ideas we... come at 2 a.m. Yeah, this is true. This is so true. before we go on, the one thing we haven't done in our final episode is mm. ask you what a slash dupe is. So we're going to need to get them to do that. Yeah. Oh, well, why don't all four of you ask me at the same time? Okay, then. Here we go. Uh, okay. So, so Sean, um, what, what is, is a slash dupe? dupe? Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't counted in. Sorry, I wasn't counted in. I just <laughs> pretend. I pretend I said it. Let's do it again. No, let's do it again. Three, two, one. So, so, so Sean, what is what a is slash dupe? I'm glad you asked. Um, a slash dupe <laughs> is a film in the very early stages of post production. It's a rough or unfinished version of a film functioning as the building blocks of what a film can become. So I. So thank you for asking, everyone. Um, I'm looking forward to the, your uh, the framework, your building blocks, the slash dupe, uh, Chris. I'm looking forward to it for the title uh, "Out of the Frying Pan." Well, uh, out of the frying pan. As soon as I heard that, I thought it's you've got kind of puns built into that, haven't you? So mm-hmm. it's got to either be a slasher horror, or it's got to be a 1950s musical. Um, <laughs> <It's got to be. laughs> that's literally the only two options first thing that's sprung into my mind um, and if I'm completely honest uh, kind of 1950s Danny Kay style musical was 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 my first thought mm-hmm. um, so yeah I've very much gone down that line uh, that kind of um, Danny Kay uh, singing in the rain-esque mm. kind of thing um, so uh, we're going for a kind of um, 
very much kind of farce, I would say. Okay. Um, Brooklyn, New York, 1955-ish. Uh, we're going to open with a musical number because why not? I don't know what the musical number is going to be, uh, but we're in the Flying Dutchman Diner in New York. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know why Flying Dutchman. I'm not married to that. If you find a better name for the diner, I... No, because when you said it, I loved it straight away. Yeah. Yeah. I felt it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the opening number is called Dining in the Dutchman. Oh, awesome. there we go. Bang. All right, Dining in the Dutchman. Thank you very much. Uh, so uh, we have uh, Morris Chipwright. He is the proud owner of the Flying Dutchman uh, and his faithful sous chef, Frankie. Uh, she does basically everything else. Um, and they're serving the customers. Uh, we discover through the song that although the food is decent, most of the punters are there to see the inevitable slapstick floor show because it turns out that Morris is uh, particularly accident prone. Uh, so it's a whole very open, you know right, very okay. broad strokes uh, slapstick scene at the beginning of him trying to just you know do a normal dinner service but everything going wrong yeah and it ends up with him being on fire yes probably nice <laughs> <laughs> um and then once once he's managed to stop being on fire everyone's sort of well it's not going to get much better than that so they all empty out um which Morris is very upset about because he's very proud of the food and mm-hmm. doesn't want people just to be there to see him set himself on fire yeah <laughs> um he's particularly uh proud of his famous flying dutchman secret sauce mm-hmm. um and frankie really wants to know the secret recipe but morris says that only family gets to know the secret that's oh. like become important um because he's like you know what, what if you go off and start your own restaurant but but she says she would never do that um <laughs> enter glynis dear love that is uh, Morris's all-American sweetheart. Uh, she's overheard them talking about the world-famous secret sauce, mm-hmm. uh, to which she points out that it's not world-famous. In fact, it's probably not even Brooklyn-famous. Uh, but he points <laughs> out that a young Indian man came into the restaurant in 1933 and told his dad, because his dad used to own the restaurant, uh, that it was the best sauce he'd ever tasted. So it is world famous because the man went back to India that very day. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. Got, yeah. Hang on, that's got to be it. That's a musical number as well, right? Yes. Yeah. That's a, a musical pattern number, at which point we flash back to the Indian guy telling people yeah. in telling a very fast, everyone in, in the, in Indian the town. accent yeah, yeah, about yeah. the special secret sauce. Yeah, and it's yeah, a wrap. Yeah, it's a wrap. Yes. It's a wrap. <laughs> um. And to, so yes, we do we do that whole number then. I mm-hmm. like that idea. Uh, at which point, uh, Glynis, his uh, sweetheart, is going, "Why, why are you telling me this? Why, why, why are you bothering to tell everyone this?" And he says, "Well, you know, one day you will be family, and you'll learn the secret family secret sauce recipe." Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a very sore subject because he hasn't bought her a ring yet, Ooh. and uh, he can't afford it, and she's got very expensive taste. Uh, now Frankie, his uh, faithful assistant, uh, interrupts to speak to Morris about the latest bill that's come in, because she also runs, you know, all the finances for the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and the restaurant is in trouble, what with all the extra expenses from all the accidents that keep happening, and uh, mm-hmm. that runs up quite a lot of bills. Um, but Morris is distracted by the TV in the diner, uh, so he's not listening to any of this because his favourite celebrity chef has just come on. Uh, who's called Emmanuel Leboeuf. Yes. Wow. <laughs> uh, yes. And he is an outrageous Frenchman. Uh-huh. Uh, and Morris fangirls really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, he's absolutely in love with this this chap. 
a possible song here where Morris imagines himself as a celebrity chef. I don't know. I don't know if we can get through. This is really only the first scene. <laughs> but this is great. This is, we're already there. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel like a dance number, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Ooh. If we're going full singing in the rain with yeah. him like chopping things up. Like yes. Paul Gene Kelly. <gasps> yeah. yeah, that's good. Is he, exactly, is he chopping yeah, things yeah. up and Frankie's following him around like... <laughs> like making sure the knife doesn't mess. like fall or Frank. Well, yeah. I don't know whether Frankie's in this one because it's his fantasy. Frank oh, okay, doesn't yeah, exist yeah. in his fantasy. Oh, fair yeah. enough. Could there be an element? Can I just it's say really smooth? I I don't I know less about this sort of world than you guys. But would it be acceptable to do some sort of tap number, except that there are knives on the shoes and that's how you chop? That's exactly the stuff on the kind exactly of Gene Kelly what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um. So yeah, we have this whole you know he's imagining it all. Uh, and then once that's finished, he tells anyone who'll listen just, just how wonderful this guy is, um, saying something along the lines of the beauty of his cooking is the simplicity. His work is just so honest and sincere because, mm-hmm. you know, he's a, he's a thoroughly honest and sincere guy. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to, mm-hmm. we get to uh, Le Boeuf in the TV studio finishing his show. Saying something like, and that is, he's an outrageous Frenchman, by the okay. way. Yeah, of uh, course. And that is how you make the perfect bourguignon, just simple, honest food. Thank you so much. Until next time on Petit Filou. Then the director shouts cut. Uh, and that is when Le Beauf mm. breaks out of character and it becomes clear he's not French at all. Oh, oh. No. Gosh, no. no. He is a... He's a Guy Ritchie-style British gangster type. Love it. Oh my God. Brilliant. Yes. And, this, and, and the, the this is where the gangster comes into it. Love it. This is, this is where the gangster starts okay. coming into it, yeah. Um, and it's very important that it's not played by a, a British ac- a actor at all. So yes, the, of course. When we cut to his real accent, it's actually even worse. Even worse yeah, brilliant. of course then, it is. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, think Dick think Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, we, want, yeah. we want to honour Dick Van Dyke in this. Yes. In this. Yeah. Um, so yes, he's not honest. He's not a very nice man. It it, it becomes very clear very quickly. Uh, he's being really horrible to everyone in the uh, in the studio. Mm. Uh, he goes to his dressing room, uh, but waiting for him in his dressing room is Marty Caraluna, who is a local mobster. He's a proper gangster, mm. and he's waiting for him. Uh, we find out that Leboeuf owes gambling debts of thousands of dollars. Uh, and I've written some dialogue here, but I haven't written down who says it. What does it say? <laughs> oh, so um, we've got we've got uh, Le Boeuf saying, "What you what you what are you gonna?" I'm gonna try and do a bad accent. Oh, here. please uh, do. What 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 are you gonna do? Break my legs? <laughs> no, we ain't gonna break your legs. <laughs> but it'd be a shame if anyone found out that the great Emmanuel Le Boeuf is really the mediocre Brian Coggins from Nowheresville, <laughs> England. <laughs> yes. No, not that. Take him. Oh, he's gone. He's gone Irish now. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe he's Irish as well. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, no, not that. Take my legs. Well, there might be another way. You know that. You know that big fancy schmancy cooking competition coming up. Well, yes, of course. Any chef worth his salt and/or pepper is entering the fancy schmancy cooking <laughs> nice, competition. Nice. Nice. I like it. I like it. Big up. You entering this year? Of course. Why? What do you want me to do? Take a dive? No, 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 no. We want you. We don't want you to take a dive. We want you to win. So that's some, you know, mm-hmm. quality okay. dialogue leading us into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Naturally. <laughs> uh, where do they get to? Uh, the fancy schmancy cupping, cooking. So they come up with a plan. There we go. Because the fancy schmancy cooking competition mm. is only open to top-seeded professionals. Uh, mm-hmm. But this year, they're allowing a small number of wild cards to mm. enter. Just like oh, Slash Tube. Uh, just like, like Slash Tube, you see. <laughs> 
Um, and uh, our uh, Marty, uh, the big the proper gangster, says, I'll make sure you end up in the final with someone you can't possibly lose to. How's he going to do that? You yeah. just leave that to me. I um, see where this is going. So that's kind, that's kind of the end of Act One. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Any questions so far? I no questions. I would just make no a statement, which is please continue. Yeah. Yes, mm. this, is, right. this is brilliant. Sure. Uh, so we now move into Morris and Frankie are in the restaurant service as before. Um, Frankie is still worrying about the mounting debts. Morris is worrying about where to get the money to buy an engage an engagement ring. Mm-hmm. Can I just say this title of this piece is just another dime does a uh, dime dirty day. Just, just another, another dime, dime dirty, dirty day. day. I Love like it. it. I've already got the composer ready for this. This is great. But they're going, anyway, it's time to get opened up. There's a queue outside the door. Uh, but outside, uh, there's punters saying, like, this is the place I told you about. The food is so-so, but the guy who runs it is a hoot. Last time he nearly flambeed himself. <laughs> I wonder what he's going to do this time. Um, Marty Caroluna gets the gist of the conversation. He's just passing by, but he thinks, aha, maybe this guy could be his stooge that he mm. could control in this uh, competition. Um, he goes in, uh, cue another song and dance number where Morris makes a mess of stuff, has lots of accidents. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe then that, that segues into a ballad where, um, oh. it, you know, it gets a bit serious for yeah. a second. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, his soul um, is think, bad. Yeah. yeah, and he just wants them to, you know, they never stay for dessert. They always oh, just want to see the. the they just main want to see the main course. event of him messing stuff up, but they mm-hmm. don't actually care about the food. Main course. Uh, yeah. So once everyone's uh, naffed off, then uh, Marty actually goes order some dessert, um, and starts being really nice to um, to Morris and saying, you know, this is a wonderful food, wonderful food. Um, just can that can that number place. can the no, can the sad number be called something like? They don't have their cake or eat it. <laughs> that is much better than what I had written down here. Yeah, that is yes, definitely. That is <laughs> that is so close, but you just improved it tenfold. Yeah. <laughs> that's what a workshop's for, man. Don't worry. Yeah. That's what we're that's what we're here for. Um, they don't come here for the food. They just want their boost amused. Ah, <laughs> uh, nice. That is good. That is good. Nice. Lyrics, nice. man. We've nice. never had lyrics on the fly Straight being written. In. This is this is this is good. Off book, eat your heart out. No. <laughs> eat your heart out. Possibly some kind of title for a. No, that song was that was Molly's pitch last last time. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's children's hearts. <laughs> um, sorry, Chris. Do go on. We interrupted. No, not at all. Um, so uh, Morris is delighted that uh, uh, someone stayed for dessert. Um, so Marty's saying, like, this food is amazing. How have I never heard of this place before? Why isn't this place world famous? He then starts telling the story about the in- the guy from India that came once. Mm-hmm. But Marty interrupts him and says, hey, you ever heard of the fancy schmancy cooking competition? And he's all like, gee whiz, I, I ever heard of the fancy schmancy cooking competition. It's only the fanciest schmanciest cooking competition in the whole world. <laughs> Um, and he's like, well, you should enter. They're letting wild cards enter this year. And he's like, me? No, I'm, I'm not so good as those big guys. But uh, Frankie is all like, you know, you should enter. You, just, you you could be just as good as all those fancy chefs. I bet you're just as good as Emmanuel Leboeuf. Mm. And then Marty's like, ah, funny you should say that. Monsieur Leboeuf is a, is a personal friend of mine. <laughs> and then Morris is all, really, gee whiz, I'd love to meet him. And Marty's, well, if you enter the competition, you're bound to meet him. And then Morris is like, no, I couldn't. I'd probably make a fool of myself. 
And then Glynis agrees because she really doesn't want her potential fiance to be a laughing stock on national TV. Glynis is a bitch. Yeah, is what we've discovered. Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> America's sweetheart. It shouldn't my be ass. too obvious too soon. Mm. But um, yeah, it should be. Eventually, she's, you're yeah. like, yeah, he's not the one. She's not the one. No. Um, but yeah, she's she really doesn't want him to do this. Um, but then Mike's like, did they mention the cash prize? And then suddenly Glynis is a lot more interested. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, oh, as is Frankie, because no. it could save the diner if they have the money. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But Morris is still reluctant until Frankie points out that it'd be just enough money to save the diner and buy an engagement ring. They've gone oh, through the fucking hero, man. How convenient. It works out really well. If only I had $32,300. <laughs> <laughs> um... So they start the competition. It all happens. Uh, lots of montage sequences, I think, yeah. for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the competition, Morris has lots of accidents, as he always does. But for some reason, they work out in his favor uh, in this competition. Mm-hmm. So like, he's throwing salt over his shoulder for the good look, and it ends up in his rival's sauce. <laughs> yeah. Just off the top. Just, you know, as an example. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll also see uh, Marty sabotaging rival chefs sort of in secret to ensure that Morris ends up in the final with LeBeouf. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of song and dance in that. Why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually Morris gets to the final. Uh, Marty is happy now uh, that LeBeouf can't lose against his stooge. Um, and Morris isn't going to get any help on this one. Uh, in fact, it's this time Marty sabotages Morris just to make sure but no matter what happens, uh, LeBeouf, things go really bad for LeBeouf in the final. Mm-hmm. Um, we think maybe that Frankie is secretly helping him. Mm. Uh, but then it turns out that uh, Glynis has actually been in on it with LeBeouf because uh, she is like one of the worst gangsters of all time. <gasps> and she is uh, convinced him to take a dive in the final. And then they're going to run off together with all the money they make off that. Oh, off the bet. Off that oh, bet. No. Um, at which point, I haven't quite worked out the details of mm-hmm. this yet, but the um, uh, Marty gets in trouble with all the mob, and they mm-hmm. all, you know, they all go off going crazy, running about, and you know, getting into trouble. But his uh, his accidents are happy accidents, and uh, his cooking saves him. I think in the end, they chase him back to his place, where Frankie's been working on the special sauce, mm. and she's just figured it out, mm-hmm. and she's added. A little bit of something, maybe something that they've shared together, Frankie and Mike. They, they've had this moment where, like, she likes rose petals or something, and he bought her like a rose petal or something, and she puts it into the secret sauce mm. and like it changes secret sauce. Mm-hmm. And then as the gangsters run in after him, he knocks over the whole vat of special <laughs> sauce all over them, and they're like, "Ah, oh, God!" And they're burning, but then they taste it and they're like. Mm, this is amazing and then they like and then everything's good they sell his secret sauce as like a gangster mob place they have it on their meatballs I don't know like a happy it would be like like moonshine running instead of moonshine running they're like they're running (laughs) they're running yeah 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 they've got these vats of secret sauce instead of the moonshine yeah 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 (laughs) they just replace it don't they their moonshine with like these vats of sauce right yeah I I, well oh go on on, and obviously Frankie declares her love ah yes well she doesn't have to because uh obviously he does win this competition yep. by mm-hmm. ac- by accident or design however mm-hmm. it's worked <laughs> out uh, so he does get the money uh but he decides uh to buy an engagement ring anyway mm-hmm. 
and he still she's Frankie still wants to know about the secret source, but he says he he says right, I'm going to tell you about the secret source. She's all, but that's only for family, isn't it? He's like, yes, because you're going to be my family. He moved on pretty quickly, but but they do in musicals. She had you know shown just how much she was dedicated to him and the rest. But then but then they go, but what about the restaurant? You know, we haven't. You know, this isn't really going to save the restaurant um, because they'd had to spend some of the money on fighting the mob. Of course. I hadn't worked out those details. (laughs) But then, because uh, this was a televised competition, the guy from India... Yes! Yes! Oh, that's such a great... He he was a young Indian prince. Oh, um, yeah, he's he basically yeah he's gonna he's gonna invest in the rest. Played by Dan played by Dan DeCruz. I was just thinking we should we should cast some of the some of the show people in there. I thought uh, Molly would make a good Frankie. I thought I, I, I've got to say I had I had Molly in mind. <laughs> <laughs> With my Carol King voice. With yeah, your Carol, do your King, Carol voice. King voice. Do a line like. Give me some Frankie dialogue. Oh, I've got any Frankie dialogue written down. Um. Mean, uh, oh, yes, here's some. I'll let you read it out. Yeah. I'll just find it. It is. <laughs> See, it's gonna be class. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be great. Do, Frankie, uh, does Frankie, does Frankie also have to have a Shirley MacLaine uh, sort of short haircut? She has to have the Shirley MacLaine from the apartment. Is that the sort of hair she has? I'm just getting that vibe from from Frankie. Yeah, it's definitely the tomboy vibe. Yeah. Okay, yeah, tomboy vibe. she'll sort of that work in, work in like uh. In like a overalls and a tank yes, top. Yes, a boiler suit. That's yeah. exactly a boiler, boiler suit, suit and a tank yeah, 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 top. Yeah, yeah. Even though she's a chef. But like, <laughs> yeah. The is like a mechanic. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Basically. Right, in your own time, uh, Molly. Yes. Um, so we say, uh, Frankie says, well, why shouldn't you enter? You're just as good as all those fancy chefs. I mean, I, I bet you're just as good as Emmanuel LaBeouf. There you go. That's exactly how oh. I heard it in my head. Beautiful. <laughs> it's nice. Beautiful. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you very much. <laughs> you will have to cut your hair for the part, but... Uh... That's fine. I could have <laughs> no, for this could, one. You could, um, you could wear one of the wigs they gave you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Please show me those photographs. Please show me those. We'll put them on our social media. Does anyone want to take a picture when I put your Peter Pan wig on? I don't know. Did you I looked like Elton John at one point. Yeah. DC stole my wig and made him look like Elton John. <laughs> so that was, that was a small going away. Let's get back to the film. Yes. Well, of course, that's can, can I just quickly say, um, when they when he's telling her about the ingredients and sort of the big reveal uh, about like the, 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 that he wants to marry her, can it be that he's showing her what ingredients need to be added and then at the end he goes, and then one wedding ring? And then like... Oh, oh yes. Something like does yes. that. Does that work for you? Okay. That works very in much. In song, yes. that is perfect. In song, yeah. yeah. And of course, the line is, and of course, there's just one more thing. Yeah. Da 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 da. A yeah, wedding, yeah, a wedding ring. ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you, my love, a I'm wedding ring. Cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I buy it. Yeah. So, can I also just say when? Is the, is the, does the fire come back? Does he flambe like somebody's, like, does he flambe his, like, or something when he's accidentally from his chef's hat or something? I want the reprise of him setting himself on fire. So, like, at the competition at the end, does he somehow, like, sort of accident? he sets himself on fire, but he actually does something perfect, like, you know, bur- like, sort of when you burn the top of, like, a meringue or something. Oh, is a creme brulee. Yeah, like a, or or like a creme brulee. Or the alcohol off of his Yes, that's it, yeah. yeah. 
I think so. Yeah, like I say, yeah. Any 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 versions of of happy accidents uh, yeah. are what gets him through this competition. Oh, and I did I missed one thing that the um that Glynis, when it turns out that she's had all this plan, mm-hmm. a lot of those happy accidents you kind of go back and then see ah that's there's little flashbacks. You go, she did that, and that's why she did that because because that's right. what yeah, she yeah, was yeah, actually yeah. helping it herself. Yeah, yeah. she was the one in control all the time. So, Chris, you were talking about having a composer in mind for this. Um, well, my kind of love of, of the, the sort of 50s films is anything, you know, sort of vaguely jazz based. Mm. Um, I'd love to get a cameo of um, Louis Armstrong in the film. You know, he only ever did cameos, but uh, right, I don't know how yeah. we're going to manage that. Yeah. But, uh... he'll, be, he'll be the trumpeter playing outside the cafe. Yeah. The Wonderful. I like it. Uh, but I actually don't have a, a particular composer in mind. I don't know if anyone's got any, uh, sure, any this could ideas. Be Leonard Bernstein. Mm, yeah. Something this high up. This high up? <laughs> We've got good, a budget for this, have we? <laughs> Great. <laughs> no, I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. Who, who wrote Bugsy Malone? Because it feels like that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. oh, always forget who wrote Bugsy Malone. Oh, that's a good yeah. point, though. Yeah. Let's, let's pause and make me look like I know what I'm talking about. I uh-huh. think it's another Alan. I'm gonna look, look. Sugar. I'm, I'm <laughs> Alan Sugar wrote Bugsy Malone. <laughs> Paul Williams. Oh, it was. It was Paul Williams. Yes. Paul not Williams. an Alan. Not an Alan at all. There's an Alan Parker that directed it. Yeah. Ah. Alan right Paul now, Williams. come in and everybody act like they knew that already. Okay. So it feels like it should be like um, Bugsy Malone. He wrote Bugsy Malone. Paul Williams. Yeah. Was Paul <laughs> that was Williams, too. Yeah. That was that was the worst <laughs> acting I've ever heard. <laughs> That's worse than my intros that I do. Should I do that again? Yes, yes, please. And and this time, imagine that you are a small spiked ball rolling down a set of stairs while you're doing it. That's your motivation. So so maybe not Leonard Bernstein. It feels like it's more um, Bugsy Malone. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Paul Williams. The face of the (laughs) British... That's so good, the thinking space. That was good. I was being a ball falling down the stairs. <laughs> so yes, I mean it's not my domain, composers for for musicals. But that, I, I I do know a little bit about the nineteen fifties musical. I, mean, I don't know anything about it really, but I enjoy the ones I've seen. And so like, or is it Emil Brooks? Oh, is it Emil Brooks? Hmm. But then I, I think d- Mel Brooks might be too too zany for this one. I don't know. I mean, the guy's really? literally setting his hat on fire in the kitchen. No, but I'm with you. Classy setting your hat on fire. <laughs> I'm oh, with you, Chris. James Kelly setting his hat on fire. I know what you mean. Like the farce is different to the sort of out and out comedy, isn't it? It's like yeah. it, it. It's not a parody or a pastiche either. That's the beauty of it. It's like it has to lean into the. Also, I really like that it leans into the zaniness of of the musical, but it's it's like part of his character. He is like, but and it's also a part of his character that he's trying to get away from, which I find really interesting. He wants to be taken seriously yeah. as a chef, so I I do think you need someone with like a real eye on making it like making those numbers actually hit home, like you were saying about like having the emotional bits and the ballad and stuff like that. So yeah, I wouldn't know who that would be, but but I definitely know it should be yeah somebody who who because you want those people to take it seriously. Even if, like, in the end of the day, it, it feels like a farce. You want them to take it seriously, don't you? The people making yeah. it. So, so yeah. So There's, what? I mean, farce, oh, farce is one of the hardest forms of stagecraft to get right. 
actually. Mm. I mean, if, if telly-wise, we know like Fraser, mm. which is the, down to the thing. I d- I've done a couple of Ray Cooney farces and I've worked with the um, the amazing Ray Cooney. And like, he would he would get you to do a line when you when you delivered a line and you, you deliver it in what you thought was a funny way. And he said, oh, why don't you just try it again? Take two steps forward, <laughs> shuffle back, and then just look out. <laughs> and then deliver the line. You're like, what the? F- what do you mean? <laughs> do, deliver the line, and everyone's in stitches. Oh my god! And he's like, I, I don't know. It just, it just works. <laughs> so we used to, we did, we did a couple of these. And he's like, yeah, I love what you're doing. Why don't you just sit on the arm of the sofa instead of the sofa mm. on that bit? And you're like, okay. Instantly, twenty times funnier. And I yeah. don't like. So there's, there's a real keen eye, sort of for detail in fast. So you're right. Maybe. Maybe it needs to be a bit more precision. My, mm. my, my question yeah. is: my question to Chris is this: Is it? Are we saying that this was done in the 1950s, or is it done now in the style of the 1950s? Um, it's a very good question. Mm. My instinct is that this is a film that was made in the 1950s. Mm. We Got just you. haven't found it yet. Yeah, it yeah. strikes me with the characters in it that it probably might not have been something that would have been allowed to have been done as greatly as it would have been done in the 1950s. Yeah. Random Indian prince, for example. Well, that for one, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he'd be, um, a, he'd be an oil stereo, chic now, wouldn't he? Stereotype yeah. women. But he'd have to look a bit, he'd have to look a bit like, like a Sikh, even that doesn't make sense. You know, it'd have yeah. to be that, he'd have to have that look, wouldn't he? He'd be lovely, luscious yeah. beard, an amazing sort of moustache and a turban. Stop That's trying to cast from, Sean. From the Orient. He'd be I've from shaved. the Orient. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. They're non-specific foreigners. Yes, yes. yeah. <laughs> but I love that. I love. I love the idea from going around like the the streets of India, like singing the song of like you know, like the, the, sauce. the sauce was so good. You know, is it better than a bhaji? No. Is it better than a you know? <laughs> and then he names a load of different foods. <laughs> all the street vendors are naming all the foods that they it's, sell. Right. It's it's better than a bhaji is the name of the song. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, because the bhaji is like the classic staple, isn't it? Sweeter like than samosa? Yeah, That's it. Exactly, yeah. Oh, man, it writes itself. Tangier like, than a tikka. Cooler <laughs> than a kalkal. Oh, nothing beats a kalkal. Yeah, well, um, secret sauce does, baby. So, Ryan, you have the privilege of uh, having prepared some material for uh, Out of the Fire. I keep wanting to say the other title. Um... For out of, the, that, out of the frying, frying pan. pan. You hell. said the wrong tale. It, know, is, it is now three o'clock in the morning. So out of the fire good. is going to be the name of the film that bridges the gap between these two films. Right, that's it. That mistake has to remain in now. Um, yes, so Ryan, you uh, uh, have prepared material for Out of the Frying Pan. How can you follow Chris? Chris's amazing idea. Badly, um, but like, <laughs> but like in the sense of... Uh, you know how they will put someone f- for forced perspective to make someone look taller. That's basically mm-hmm. what this pitch is. It's to nice. It's to bring out. Okay. So, out of the frying pan. You know, I thought f- straight away. I thought prison escape film, right? Um, mm-hmm. But we've seen, you know, we've seen, and I think I did pitch one when we did fence. For I think I did a prison escape one, but that mm. was a bit more, a bit more Holocaust. That was the weird one, wasn't it? Yeah, with all the with different, all the, yeah. different kinds of fences around ring so, fences. 
you know, when you think of frying pan, you think of hot things. When you think of hot things, what do you think of? Uh, Rather. The sun. This okay. is yep. a True, space opera prison mm-hmm. escape. Now, I'm stealing a kind of an idea from, from Lockout. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, okay. From Lockout and Futurama. Okay. From Futurama, where in Futurama they they are mining helium from the sun, mm-hmm. um, and so this prison is a it's a it's a hard labor reform camp, uh-huh. um, where they get to put to work um, mining the helium as their as their re- repayment to galactic society mm-hmm. uh, to. To they they mine out, but it's obviously incredibly dangerous, um, and the prison is nicknamed the frying pan because mm-hmm. it's sense. right by the heat. Nice. Can it? Should it nice. be? Listen, I don't mean to sort of already tread on your toes, but should it be called something like the griddle? I mean, you didn't do it with Chris, like so you know. I, 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 asked, I asked for the same. Chris, Chris. I asked for the same. No, only, only, the same. <laughs> yeah. only the same respect as you ask for. No, Chris is Chris didn't leave any room for. Uh, for, for any Listen, that's everything you want. Oh, hang Prison on. Escape, it's not space true. opera, referencing yeah, Futurama. I see what you're doing. Now you want to do a road trip on it as well. Fuck. Ryan. So Ryan You've is trying to like Trinity. game the system. He's trying to come up with an idea that Sean maybe will of, um, specifically and the only one I've won is the first one. So shit, <laughs> you're right, Chris. Is you're it? in the for only... a tough one now, man. Because like he's right. I love Futurama. I love Prison Escapes. I love the Sun. Um, <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love the Sun. Everyone loves the Sun, don't they? Um, um, go on, Ryan. Continue. So we follow Efi, played by John Boyega, mm-hmm. okay, who is a freighter pilot who is uh, accused of the th- uh, accused of the theft of the corporate cargo that he was hauling when it was stolen um, by space pirates, mm-hmm. and the only way that they could have known is if he gave the coordinates away. So he gets sent to this to this place to 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 do his sentence um casper van diem is going to play the yes, prison casper captain van diem right? from, from starship, starship troopers, troopers. In case anyone yeah. Doesn't know. yeah and the warden of the prison will be lance reddick i think yes. i haven't seen him in enough mean roles do you know what i mean because he's always yeah, he plays he always sort plays of like ambivalent figure doesn't he sort of like yeah sort of sexy father basically is like his role yeah. isn't it they yeah. exist. A daddy. Is, is what <laughs> they exist, of. says Dan. <laughs> says Dan, zipping in there. Um, so I he think is in you... his bathrobe, by the way. I don't know if we've mentioned that on stream yet. We mentioned it off stream. So just he is in my sort of... bathrobe, just here for you and Celeste Jeep. <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> uh, so I think the tro- there's a couple of like things I want to trope out when it comes to the the prison film as well right so mm-hmm. you know like how they go and they get like lice powder thrown in them and like showered yeah. and whatever so they instead get a kind of electronic chastity belt to stop oh, them from God. wow from buggering each other from stop them from buggering each other <laughs> and it's a co-ed it's a co-ed oh prison, okay okay right, right? right so to stop but still any other any kind of shenanigans. Any kind of shenanigans from happening. Okay. Okay. Um, chastity belt. Why are they stopping that? Because they want them to work instead of bugger each other. Right. Okay. Okay. Fine. Fine. Right. You know, and if they're mixing, you know, that's, then they can't. That's what we get at the show, don't we? We all have to wear those. Yeah. So we'll just get them to do our work. And they sort yeah. of, they electronically unlock for you to pee when you go to the toilets and that's it. Right. But maybe okay. that's. You've really thought this through, haven't you? It's like, <laughs> this, is what, this is what happens when I'm not the it, dupe. Do you know what I mean? Is this the point? 
Is this the point of the... Is this going to lead to anything? Yes, or is it, just it will. No, it does. Okay, fine, okay. Believe okay, me, it it's does. not just you spending it's, hours researching chastity it's, belts. It's, 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 it's Chekhov's chastity belt. Chekhov's chastity belt. <laughs> <laughs> That's tremendous. That's our new hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the basically, and I think uh, Anna Diamas plays his cellmate called Stitch. Oh, no wonder that they have a chastity belt. Now now exactly, it's all it's right? all coming into, it all makes sense. into perspective now. Yeah, yeah. And then there'll be that whole trope of like, you know, Slick Johnny would be like, you know, you've got to beat up the biggest guy in the prison and he'll like go up to the biggest guy in the prison and he'll just throw him into the sun. Like the big guy would just like pick him up and just throw him into the mm-hmm. sun. That shit don't fly in this prison. It's fucking awful. Like it's the worst of the worst. Um, but, you know, uh, I think the thing I need help with is like, how are they going to get out? Because there's a squilly in prison break films. You know, you can't mm-hmm. can't dig your way out through with a, with a little spoon, with a little rock hammer, um, or get the whole prison tattooed on your body or whatever. So yeah. I kind of had this idea. I had a couple of ideas of how they might do it. I was thinking maybe, like, if the prisons, they might have to do, like, a spacewalk, but they might oh. have to, like, cover their undercarriages in, um, like, the soot and the runoff from the sun. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they're just like the night skies they walk past. They're indistinguishable from the rest of the night yeah, sky. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, okay, I'm gonna. Can I throw this in there? This is how I write my screenplays. Yeah. I write things down like the word, like the phrase "sunbath," and then I figure out something cool that that is. So what's the what's the sunbath? It's a punishment. What do they do? What does what does everybody oh, think the sunbath so should be? This Got kind be of links into an idea that I had, but the sunbath is like a chamber that's really tiny but so hot that you have to like stand. And then every time you touch the sides of it, it's searing like it's like yes. a hot plate. Like, yeah, yeah that's what's good. that thing in um, Chokey in Matilda? Oh, where yeah. Where Trunchbull puts them in a thing. Fucking hell, yeah. yeah. That'd be up Molly's Street, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, that's 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 a thing. Like, they literally have to stand there and they can't fall asleep or whatever because they'll thingy. It's horrible. Burn. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll burn. They'll, yeah, a bit of them will come off. Okay, yeah, nice one, man. See? Good idea in the end. Here we go. By, no, by committee. Um, so I think whatever they end up, they'll they'll find. Maybe they use the solar flare to like it, um, like flare up in a region where they can then split themselves away from the group, and they'll obviously find a way into like the warden's office and check the files because they need to like rewrite their bio- biometric data or whatever, or take off the chastity belt things. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, he notices that. Anadamus has got uh, uh, the logo of the space pirates that, like, under under a piece of a chastity belt, where mm-hmm. the of the people that hijacked the thingy. So he's like, "Fucking like you were in on it," and she's like, "But then at the same time, I think she's not. She's just like, yeah, I'm a fucking space pirate, and I robbed everyone, and I did it because I needed cash because all these horrible space corpos are like fucking draining our planets. It's coming back to like the lava cracking in it, you know, that's because <laughs> that's the way that we all feel about about Tories, basically. And then, um, and then, so but she's like, but I can probably find out who did do it, and you can get the retribution. Mm. And then while they're going through all the files, it actually turns out that the company that he was hauling the freight for have a stake in the prison mm. itself and probably one so of the... So it's a comment on the American penal system, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, and probably right, one okay. of the, the you it. know, white CEOs of the company's kid <laughs> was, like, about to go to jail for something, and so they made Ify oh, take no, the fall for fall. it. Can I just yeah. throw in that Anna de Armas should probably be the pirate captain? Somehow, I, I would I would love to see her as a pirate captain. 
So can she actually be the captain that's been slung in this jail because she knows some way of like getting some plunder or something? You just said pirate captain, and I'm thinking of plunder. Yeah, I like. I do like that because then they would be able to steal the helium, wouldn't they? That they're trying to export. Yeah, and then um, he's got some purpose afterwards, right? He's got a job afterwards. He joins like the space pirates. No, fuck the space pirates. They put him in jail, basically. Oh, are they yeah. bad? I thought maybe there was just a bad wing of the space pirates. You know, maybe, but <laughs> like I don't know. Bad, like, like I think because the real the real enemy isn't isn't the people trying to steal bread. It's the corpos putting the price of bread up for fifty pounds, isn't it? All so right, all right. Those are the people that should so, be the bad people. John Boyega, why is he going back to space after he was burnt the first time in in the, his Star Wars trilogy? Why would he return to space? Because <laughs> it's like you know? it's, it because it's you know the claustrophobia of Attack the Block, and the and the aliens in Attack the Block was what gave him his first break. So mm. as much as he was burnt. By the Star Wars trilogy, you know, it's truly his first love. And... Yeah, okay. he still loves it. Okay. And he still has been able to go back to it. Uh, that was a that was a dandy cruise pull out the ass, wasn't yeah, it? No, no, it was. Up. It was actually. Yeah, it did um, really well. Well done. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. So, yeah, I think that's... that's, And then they... I, I haven't figured out exactly how they escaped, but probably, yeah, they probably used the helium. I like the idea of the spacewalk because it's quite cool. Um, like over the dome or something. And then they'll they'll, yeah get the fuck out and then they'll leak all the data won't they they leak all the thingy the person's kid will actually go to the the real jail um, yeah yeah and then yeah I think that's it and I, I do have a marketing tagline okay can we can we use that maybe this will redeem you can you use your marketing tagline to then give us your smug face at the end and, <laughs> and give us like will that will that work Sure, I'm and it, it, the thing is, the thing with this marketing tagline is it it's got layers, right? It's you know, it's two, he's building as, it up. He's building up, Sean. This is going to be a smug face. <laughs> he is, he is. He's fucking building up, isn't he? <laughs> and as like, and as the as we've sort of said over this podcast, the two hundred IQ play. Oh right? God! Oh yeah. no! It's really super smug. Yeah, got wind on a high. The marketing tagline is much better than the fire. Because you go oh, from the frying you. pan. <laughs> we got it. We got it. I've got it. You don't need to explain. That's brilliant. I thought I'm not giving him any help here. I'm going to stay silent. <laughs> no, nice one. That was no. That was very good. That was no. It's a very good tagline. Good. It is because it's a it's a it's a worker. It's a goer. You know, it goes into your head and you walk past the the poster yeah. and then you go, "What does that mean?" Ah, I'm going to go like, see you know, that the, movie. Because like so the, the tagline yeah. tagline for Alien is is equally as lengthy and and strange isn't it and you have to go yeah, yeah, well, yeah. why can't why in space can no one hear you scream and then you go oh well, there's no oxygen okay you know but you have to you have to go to school you and dan to cruise that one yeah good work yeah <laughs> so i mean yes out of the frying pan you know space opera prison escape um and i thought i would just try and smash as many things that sean's likes into it to mm-hmm. see to make the decision on which one he wants to be bit harder <laughs> so ryan uh thank you for that thank you for that um pitch uh i always enjoy it when you're prepared um you have plenty of time to think about uh you know what sort of um what the genitalia of the people are gonna, of the, in in your films are going to be wrapped in, 
so that's a, that was appreciated this time. Preferably um, unwrapped, but you know. <laughs> but a chastity we can't, belt. Uh, we can't all be like uh, old Michael Fassbender whipping <laughs> his dong out, can we? So if people want to wow. uh, give us other references to uh, genitalia in films. Well, I mean, famously, Liam Neeson has a huge penis. Isn't he? Two litre Evian bottle. That's what Janice Dickinson said about it. <laughs> So I don't um, I don't think what's what's weird about this and sad about this is that's not the first time you've mentioned it on this podcast either. Definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, but to but, be fair, but. It, was, it was an entire segment on uh, on Kevin Smith's podcast. So that, you know, I'm just I'm just <laughs> so appropriate. Right. Yeah. I'm appropriate. Um, OK. All right. So right, I need you guys to tell me I need Dan. I need I need you in a moment to tell me what happens uh, to the winners. Uh, of uh, the this double these double features we've done and Ryan, please tell people where they can go to vote and uh, share their ideas with us and, and so on. You first. Who's so, first? So you'd imagine on the last episode <laughs> I'd be able to do this <laughs> succinctly and accurately. Yeah. So here we go. We have individual episodes. We have individual episodes, and every six episodes, and every six episodes the winners, the winners of each episode get put in front of an adjudicator. And we find a quarter finalist. That's completely. That's completely no, no, it is, it is, isn't it? Quarter so I'm fi- start yeah, that... No, because they, they're not because they're finalists. Become finalists, don't they? At the very end, they come. You have they become the job, finalist Dan. of each quarter. Yeah, one job. Okay. Right, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. I get it. So you think I'd have? It. I've got it. I've got it. It's going to be perfect. Every episode. Every episode. We get a winner. We get a winner. Mm-hmm. Every six episodes. Every six episodes. We take those winners. and put them in front of an adjudicator. And they choose winner. a glorious winner mm. from those six. Which means, by the end of Which means by the end of 24 episodes, if you can do your maths right, we have four grand winners. Grand winners. We're going to add a listener's favourite, which you can vote for at home, which Ryan will tell you how to, and another wild card. I haven't quite decided how we're going to come up with it, but I think we're going to How about whoever's lost the, the most gonna, between the two of you? That's oh, going to be Ryan. So it's going to be Ryan. Um... So we can work that out between us. Maybe one that we we yeah, all loved, but never quite made it through. To give us a whole six, six at the end. And they will go in front of a grand yeah. judge. Steven Spielberg. And from those six. It's a guarantee. I'm guaranteeing like it right now. Is it guaranteed Steven Spielberg? Brilliant. Uh, we'll just write to him tell him how great West Side Story was. Yeah. And then he'll do this. And then we'll choose one, which we are going to make into a film trailer. And as I'm saying that, I'm realising that it's becoming very, very close to actually having to be reality. And you will be able to... It's not going to be a great film trailer. Oh, no, no, it will. Steven Spielberg is also going to be directing that. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a promise. Okay. So if you want to push your favourite episode through into the final episode as the wild card for my viewers you can find us at slash dupe that's everywhere facebook instagram and twitter you can just google it we've beaten all the seo there's not many other things with our title out there in fact if you now try to search for slash dupe there'll be more episodes of this than references of actually what a slash dupe is but luckily sean's told us 23 times now Dan, I'm curious. Uh, you've had the so duration. <laughs> you've had the duration of the episode to uh, come up with your idea. You're duping the title uh, out of the frying pan. 
so yeah, I mean, I spent most of my time in awe of Chris's pitch, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then after or during and after Chris's pitch, I've been thinking about lyrics and uh, sort of musical numbers for the songs for the show. So uh, yeah, it's been I've been enjoying all of that. So my pitches have been very sparse. Uh, I'm going to do a Ryan. I'm going to give you the three options that I, I went for. The first uh-huh. one was a meatloaf documentary. <laughs> yes, of course. Some lyrics to one of his. Yeah. And with the big man now gone, it feels yeah. like an appropriate time to be doing a meatloaf documentary. Yeah. Uh, but I thought, you know, that's a. I've done how many documentaries about musicians mm-hmm. last minute. Uh, <laughs> then I thought maybe it was... Um, like a, a a thing, the thing kind of ah. B movie horror type thing, ah, okay. where some scientists yeah, yeah. go into it would probably be a space thing or like a crater that was called, called the frying pan because it looks like a frying yeah. pan to try and find some rare metals. But actually, yeah. as they're there, there's a parasite that ends up um, ends up yeah. eating their brains or whatever. It's on one of Jupiter's zombies. moons, obviously. Something, yeah, that's something. exactly. Got out of the frying pan. Right, exactly, exactly. (laughs) And then I thought I'd go one step further with the idea and we'd go to a Who Framed Roger Rabbit animation. Okay. Um, uh, Except, so it's about this uh, animated frying pan. Okay. That was used in, in, um, in all these famous cartoons like Tom and Jerry when he gets hit around the head with a frying pan. Mm-hmm. But it turns out the frying pan has now been possessed or has, has gained its own sentience and is going around murdering people. So it, it starts off as what you think might be a funny, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit cartoon. And it, uh, the opening credits are a bit like that. And then it it snap, smash cuts straight to like an absolutely horrific, grotesque sort of mangled body with brains sprayed everywhere. <laughs> oh, God. Um. And as we go through, we can maybe we we could go full Call of Cthulhu and like it's it's being possessed by God and like the, it, when you look at the frying pan, it drives you mad. But ultimately, mm-hmm. it's about uh, like the Who Framed Roger Rabbit idea that it's human beings and overly animated cartoon things, mm-hmm. and the frying pan is a murdering frying pan. So would it be um, that it's? That it's a frying pan that's sort of comical and silly, but then the stuff it's doing yes. is really horrific. It's absolutely horrific. Yeah, I like that. A weird sort of fusion of the the it's it's what's it called like the cogn- cognitive dissonance. It's dissonance, got that sort of right, yeah. yeah. So you'd watch cartoons and you know people would be smashed about, but nothing yeah. bad would happen to them. But this time, literally, their their vis- their eye viscera is exploding, and then <laughs> oh, their brains are coming out the side of their ears got, and stuff. And I've got like a weird voyeuristic take on this as well. Is okay. that like when the people are murdered in their like houses or whatever, like somehow, I don't know, the frying pan will like clean itself and then like put itself, like hang itself oh, back up. That's a good so, idea. Love it. It's always there, like while the cops are there, like watching it. And then you'll have like this um, usual suspects moment where like someone will be looking at all the crime photos and there'll be the same frying pan hung up in yeah, every in photo. Back, yeah. And in people are being framed for murders and stuff, right? That they haven't oh, committed. No. Yeah, <laughs> what not murdering children but <laughs> 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 an animated frying pan will do it 
how anthropomorphized is this frying pan going to be? Because if it was a cartoon to begin with, yeah, yeah, it would, or is it going to be slightly? It's more... legendary in that it's been used in all of the famous cartoons. So maybe like <laughs> some of the cartoons, they've got eyes in it or whatever. But what it's done is it's gained sentience from all the brutal violence that it's. No. That it's achieved over its lifetime until it, it, it only knows violence. It, mm. it, yeah. So I love the idea that it's like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit, like hand drawn mm-hmm. style thingy. Yeah. But then, like, the reveal is that it's been using like Teflon coating to make itself look like a real fry. Like, when they go investigate, like, yeah. it's high yeah, up, there'll just be loads yeah, of these like Teflon good. skins, like, hung yeah. up. It's gone into it. And yeah. then, like, they're like, that, like, one of the most freaky things in that Who Framed Roger Rabbit was when the shoe gets, gets dip. dipped. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's it genuinely tra- traumatic. And I thought, why not take that further yeah. and fuck up the humans instead of the cartoons? Yeah, maybe it's yeah. a follow-up to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where they get where they get revenge. Well, there is it's... a novel follow-up, which I but I don't know anything about it's it. There. I imagine it's not like that. Um... It's, a, it's revenge on um, the family that created the Eraser. That's who it is. <laughs> <laughs> they try to take us like off the page. <laughs> I just think it's like it's got that full Lovecraftian idea that these this thing is been created from the emotion and the insanity that it's been part of mm. so that it then becomes the embodiment of that so the the, the live actions sort of segments and, and bits how are they how are they shot how's it put forward to people because you can sort of you know in who framed roger rabbit it was sort of like a film noir but they also sort mm-hmm. of was like a bit light-hearted like hollywood like a hollywood movie it was set in hollywood about hollywood sets yeah. and all sorts of other things um, well, maybe so maybe it should be bits? a sitcom, sitcom sets. Okay. So that we got the again, we're going to double down on that. Oh, this should be nice, and then it turns out that it's not. Yeah. So and yeah, it, like I imagine it, it probably would have to be on some kind of TV rather than film sets now, mm. where you have like four different things shooting on the same set area. Can we have like a... I'm just going to drop this clang like when we were doing this morning. And they do, they do Good Morning and Lorraine all in the same building. So, you know, you could murder Holly, Phil, oh, Lorraine okay. Love all it. in one go. Yeah, do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Loose and women. you probably should. Oh, and all you? of the loose women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And somebody definitely should. Yeah. I kind of like um, Don't Don't clip that, man. That's like a really, I just realized that's something I'm going to get canceled now. Um, I like the idea that like it's, it would be impossible for a frying pan to set all of this up. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yes, it would be, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like, it, it is like really quite grotesque. And, you're like, and it's a bit that's like Rubber. You know, the film Rubber that's about like a sort of tyre that, that kills people. It's like a B-movie and it's just a tyre and it just rolls around. So there's something, it's definitely worth looking into. It's a weird film. But I, yeah. I sort of like, can we do something? This is, this is probably, this is definitely a 3am thought, but... Can we have a bit where right at the end, the frying pan or whoever's wielding it literally turns to the audience the fourth wall? Because, you know, those are sets, so they don't have a fourth yeah. wall, right? So it li- so then we somehow break the fourth wall at the end and sort of turn a mirror back on the people who are enjoying the violence. Can we do something like that? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, it, I feel like, like the eyes to. open on the eyes open on the frying pan and, and, it, and it says, <laughs> you're next. No. What about like... Molly's not going to sleep tonight. That's it. <laughs> It, does it does it murder a film producer and it says something like put this in your sizzle reel 
and then <laughs> yeah that's good Siz- something about a sizzle reel that's great that's sizzle definitely going to be in there yeah all right so i mean look it's like we could talk for a long long time about an anthropomorphized uh, frying pan that's animated that goes around killing people but um but we won't so we'll try hold on a minute po- one, one more thing one we can't thing. i refuse one more thing to do one, more thing. one more thing. The marketing is definitely yeah. like they'll they'll market they'll do they'll do marketing with like Teffel, won't they? And like no, because they don't um, want their products to be associated with the murderous death rampage. and slaughter and right? murder, <laughs> and potentially even domestic <laughs> I mean, abuse. I mean, and stuff technically, like that, right? aren't they already? Because we fry meat in it. Oh, that's linking oh, it back man, to some of the other geez. films we've been pitching today. <laughs> wow, <laughs> ten thousand IQ play. Ryan smug face. smug face again. Uh, There's a smug face. I'm I'm desperate to know the poster because I think as as we had a conversation um, uh, with with various people actually when they pitched horror, they were very keen to to sort of focus on the poster. It's like a real selling point for for low yeah. budget horror films. So so what? Well, are we I think it should look like um like you know like one of the old Looney Tunes, like uh you know the circle like the what's up doc or the that's all folks. Mm. In fact, that's what it should say, isn't it? That's yes. all, folks. With yes. a frying pan busting out with a smile, but but all around the edges, it's leaking blood. Oh, fuck. That's all, folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Really sinister, like, you know, like lettering. Yeah, yeah, nasty. Or something like that's all, folks, written on like a tombstone or something. You know, just, oh, uh, yeah. Or just cut into people's bodies. Oh, fuck. <laughs> comes bursting out the chest <laughs> yeah maybe it's spoofing like cartoons and old movies yeah maybe it's like yeah. but it's but because it's a you know a questionable movie anyway it's, it's spoofing movies like alien that came out in you know 79 so it's like mm-hmm. spoofing a load of movies that it shouldn't really be spoofing would it, would it not be like the the way you know like when they do like the reconstruction of the crime scene well they were over here yeah. first and they're over there first and it's all just like frame for frame when it was used the frying pan was used in those scenes like whenever like the person was hit here and then they fell into a mouse trap and then they like <laughs> did a thingy and it's like all of these horrific things but that, that were like frame for frame exactly what they were in the old um strips yeah, comic good. strips or comic uh, like the... or even like yeah you'd have a few off cuts wouldn't you of posters where it's just someone... it's like a murder scene but with a chalk outline of, yeah, a, chalk frying line of a frying pan yeah that's exactly it <laughs> Someone, someone yeah. went. Someone somehow managed to shove this person's head through a mouse hole in the wall. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I can't stress enough how much even the posters have to be viscerally disgusting right. in their sort of gore, like right. over the top. So that chalk line would have the frying pan thing, but right where the frying pans hit the skull, there would be brains splattered all over the so sort of the left hand <laughs> side of the. That's of horrible. The poster. Yeah. <laughs> That's horrific. Um, can I, I I've, I'm going to do something I don't normally do, but because this is the last episode, really, I'm going to ask um, Chris and Molly, what what I normally do is I've got like, um, I've got a cheat sheet full of que- like a question set that I sometimes think, oh, do you know what, if I need to flesh out an idea, let me let me go to the well and, and, and ask a question. Um, but I might just sort of ask you guys what you think of Dan's idea, what, what the changes it needs to be made like this. So I don't usually ask these things. I haven't asked them in a long time, but male-female ratio of the cast. So I normally think like, because sometimes it's nice to, maybe we should think about this a bit more. 
you know, maybe this film needs to be balanced a bit better. You know, maybe we're thinking it's all dudes, but actually that's because we're sort of, you know, we're men and we're sort dudes. of being programmed. Yeah, exactly. So what's the male-female ratio of this of this film? The film about an anthropomorphized uh, frying pan that goes around smashing people up. Chris, Molly, either one of you can take it. <laughs> no people, just pans. Just, <laughs> pan murder people though. So. Oh, that's oh, they're not murdering. This oh, is pan on pan violence. So your uh, you, violence. Your understanding of this, Molly, is that the pans go around murdering other pans. <laughs> is is that what you got? I haven't from described this clearly this. enough, have I? There's, Surely, it's, have you they, watched Two Framed Roger Rabbit? I have. Are they killing actual people, yeah. not cartoon people? No, they're killing actual people. Great. More like children. you, for example. Like if you were. <laughs> Just in the kitchen, say, for example. If you were, for some reason, doing a podcast and you misinterpreted the pitch that somebody made, yeah. you know, just something like that, if we're just going to take an He's example. going to get me with a pan. <laughs> I'm not. The frying pan would. Sure. That's what you'll say to the judge. <laughs> I've, right, got, Chris, I've got another Chris, tagline. This... I've got another tagline. Oh, go on. Okay. And then I've got a question for you, Chris, from my uh, question set. It would, the, one of the taglines would definitely be, this is a deadpan comedy. Oh, ah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's so good. good. Smug face yeah. and, and earned. <laughs> We've got to make it, haven't we? A well-earned <laughs> smug face there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, this is what I sometimes ask. Is it a previously existing property, a novel, a comic, or a sequel? So has this already been something before? Do you imagine? I'm sure Dan won't mind you fleshing the idea out in this way. Yeah, please do. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to find that this was a graphic novel. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, I really, I really like the idea that it 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 doesn't just sort of it, it uh, take um, ideas from, but like really heavily draws from, like um, categorically draws from. It's like leaving no doubt that okay, they're clearly referencing this film, this film, yeah. this cartoon, this cartoon. Yeah, In yeah. the same way that you know Roger Rabbit did it, it drew from different studios, and but it yeah. actually, you know didn't just do a, a mickey mouse type character it actually had mickey mouse in it yeah um yeah, yeah. let's let's go down that route all so right yeah it, graphic got, novels that's a great question. idea yeah, yeah. i've got a question from for molly and chris was it well received mm-hmm. or was it panned by critics yeah. oh. what do people think oh god i didn't even get that i don't know is that me is that the fault of me or the fault of you ryan that i didn't get that immediately well, we everyone else got it, it. when my sister o'clock in the morning okay it's it's me uh, uh, <laughs> um but, but g- genuine question, though. No, but was genuinely it, one of them. Oh, genuine but genuine question. question. I think um, people would love it. Yeah? I would watch that kind of movie. That's my level of, like, gross horror. But my brain can still deal with it because it's sort of a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, it's not been done, so. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last question I get is, I, I, I've got... Uh, so many weird and interesting questions but um i'm always curious about like is this a cinema is this go out to the cinema or does it go yeah. onto streaming what does it what, where does it find its audience where does it go is it is it made now is it made back then is it made back when you know back in the 80s when they were doing sort of experimental films like this i think this would do really well now i yeah. think now yeah yeah like because yeah. it harkens back to the roger yeah. rabbit but yeah, no yeah. one's really doing it anymore they it's either full cgi yeah or like human and there's no none of this sort of hand cell animation and i think it ends up becoming like a real cult hit do you know where people mm. turn up yeah. with is 
merchandise with with like cartoon frying <laughs> yes. pans. Is it is it only um, released um, in Western cinema or is it released Pan yeah, Asian? I don't. Think, I don't. Oh fuck! <laughs> say. Oh fuck. <laughs> Japan All right, you don't have to get sore. <laughs> so yeah, so Dan, if there, what, is there? I mean, I, I know the answer to the question before I ask it, but is there anything else that you haven't told us about this idea yet <laughs> that you still might? Well, I feel want like to? I feel like I've uh, yeah, come on, I've Dan. Peaked, haven't I? I'm sure you've got a handle on this. Oh, oh no. Jesus. No. I've suddenly got a burst <laughs> of energy. He's crossed over. He'll never He's sleep again. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I don't, I don't I think my work here is done. Okay. This I think Dan, all of our is, work is, here is done. Dan, this is the last pitch ever of season one. Yeah. Season one. And I'm glad. I'm glad it's gone out with this. Yeah. Like, I really genuinely am. I, I can't imagine anything more I'd like than a cartoon pan caving <laughs> someone's skull in over and over again. <laughs> All right, let me, um, let me do my requisite recap. And again, yeah, I guess last recap of the season. It's not going to be very good, but... Uh, we had Out of the Frying Pan. It's, it's the um, part two of our uh, end of season special, our double feature, and the first part of the the film title that we're going to uh, create for you, uh, Out of the Frying Pan, Into the Fire. But for Out of the Frying Pan on its own, we had uh, Chris gave us a 1950s musical, a Danny Kaye-style farce that revolves around Morris and Frankie's restaurant. Is it Morris and Frankie's restaurant or Morris's restaurant? It's Morris's it's restaurant. Morris's restaurant. Okay, Morris's restaurant. Um, but Frankie is his sort of stalwart uh, companion. Uh, the, the Flying Dutchman. Is that right? That's uh, correct. With the world famous Flying Dutchman secret sauce. But there is a twist when a cooking competition gets stirred in with a dollop yep. of organized crime. Oh, um, mate. That is... I was proud of that one. I was proud of that one. It wasn't as I wanted to do justice to the pitch itself, right? If, if a great pitch mm. comes along, I can't give it a bad um a bad rundown. Uh so then following that we had Ryan um with some time to prepare on this one, so he wasn't duping. Ryan normally dupes. Um and came up with what what is designed to be my perfect film. Um it's it's a science fiction film and a sort of cool prison escape film, and he mentioned Futurama a couple of times as well. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm 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 hot on it. I'm sweet on it. Um, but it was a prison escape film. This is all I've written, by the way, because it's because it's late. Prison escape from a mining the sun. It's not even grammatically correct. <laughs> you didn't add the uh, electric. Chastity, chastity belts. belts. The electric cod piece. I, mm-hmm. I didn't. Chekhov's chastity belts. Come on now. Yes. <laughs> that's that's in a dra- an early draft that we got rid of uh, with, the, with along with the writer. Um, we gave him... Um, oh, I found out that they do this. It's called a kill fee. This is what someone in the industry was telling me. They give, they gave, they give you a kill fee, which I didn't know it had a name. But uh, you pay somebody off uh, and they have nothing to do with the film whatsoever. You almost pay them for their idea. So the kill fee is like, here's your money, now go away and never come back. So it's it feels uh, like we earn a lot of kill fees off of Stastrup. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, we're just churning out IP. I mean, we've got like you know Indonesian children dying in in, in you know pits of lava. Um, we've got you know people getting their heads stove in by uh, you know by uh, kitchen implements, cartoon frying pans. So the final like, so right. <laughs> I'm glad you're that, still enjoying them, Chris. That, <laughs> that leads me deftly. I was <laughs> waiting for you to do that one. <laughs> It uh, leads me deftly on to uh, Dan's idea. He was duping and what a wonderful idea it was uh, uh, and the perfect idea for three o'clock in the morning, um, an animated frying pan possessed by a demonic force. I'm just going to leave it there because it's it can go anywhere from there. Um, so again, I normally, I'm going to, I'm going to eschew the going down the route of explaining uh, why each idea has incredible merits because I think you we've hit... don't need to. There's, there's I don't fucking winner. need to, there's do I? There's a clear winner. There's a clear winner. But I can explain a little I, bit. And I thank you because I'm really grateful to have won <laughs> the final slash two. Oh, no, no, Dan. I, I thank you because I know that I've won this final slash two. Oh, Ryan, do you know what? Ryan was no longer robbed. Ryan was given, elevated above his station to where Ryan, he should be. your chastity belt should be buzzing about now. So, <laughs> so I mean... Oh, Obviously, it's it was Chris's idea. Yes. Obviously, and not just. I mean, but again, but this is why I think it's fair to say it's not just because it, uh, the other two ideas are terrible. Um, it's, it's not just not... because they're terrible, <laughs> <laughs> but but on its own, I mean, easily. So uh, it has to be said while Molly's still here that I think probably the funniest and most sort of entertaining pitch we've ever had. I think that's fair to mm. say. Uh, for our Great. last ones uh, for our, uh, over, over the double feature so that that was really lovely um but there was no shadow of a doubt that the most coherent and and fleshed out pitch we've ever had came from chris i think genuinely yeah. since maybe the first couple of episodes like we yeah. haven't had a pitch so sort yeah. of like that knew its Complete. tone right yeah. and like knew exactly yeah. what it was supposed to be and like leaned into the sort of the cliches which is what we do at slash is like i i mean I ho- I know you have been listening to every episode, of course, but it feels like you've uh, <laughs> you've been listening to every episode because it's really leaning into what we love about Slash Duke, which is the silliness of what an idea is. Bit like whilst it's representing exactly what it wants to be, it's like you take the sort of I don't know. It's it's faithful. It's it's sort of um, it feels like it's a bit of you, Chris, as well, just a bit, which I love as well. You know, it feels like it's got your sort of spirit in there um so yeah um and not just that but um the character names just just that alone your character names are incredible oh yeah like weren't every they? single one of them was fantastic it's like cogburn was there a cogburn in there there was just like it was uh, just it was the coggins yeah. coggins <laughs> coggins man it was just dynamite and like the names like that sort of stuff you you, you... i read a lot of dickens <laughs> right okay <laughs> You really get like the the full sort of um, spectrum when you when you name a character right. I think so. Like you you gave that to us a hundred percent. The dialogue was amazing. To say nothing of the acting, of course, and put on top of it, that was yes. that was you know stroke of genius. I, um, I am happy I, to I'm happy to lose, uh, and I'm right? very happy for that to be the final winning idea. Yes, absolutely, absolutely of Slash Dupe season one. Yeah, ab- absolutely. It really felt like it came full circle. I'm not just saying that. Like we had a real sort of like the pictures were really sort of um, personal and also really robust when we first started. And it was sort of feels like we sort of come back around. Um, also, I love that it had such low stakes. 
That's what I, I like. Yeah. I just, I love that. Do you know, I don't mean, I mean, I love it. I love it. It's like, because, because those films you get invested in because you love the characters and you love their little journeys and it doesn't have to be a world ending event or something. So, so yeah, I, I, I've, I've blown enough smoke up your ass. It was a fantastic, um, a fantastic idea. It has to win. So thank you, Chris. Thank you very much for your pitch Congratulations. today. <laughs> thank you very much for, for far too many kind words. That was, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Thank, th- thanks for having us. This has been an absolute delight. <laughs> yeah no problem um, chris um and molly it's been it's been fantastic to have you like a, a really fun and thank you for being good sports and uh, we know it's it's a late recording for anyone who's listening so but i wouldn't have changed it for the world it was a it, it, for us it was come out yeah um where can we catch you online if we want to find you molly yeah do you have any socials uh yeah just uh instagram uh, I think is just she's my young, name. isn't she? Insta. <laughs> you know, uh, young but not quite young enough to know what my name is on. There. No, I know. Yeah, I think it is just my name, mm-hmm. Molly Grace Color. Sure. And I think it's basically the same on Twitter. Aren't you Molly Grace Cut One? Or I something? think I'm just Molly Grace. Yeah, Cut One or just Cut One, but. No, cut that would one. be more in keeping with how you feel about children. <laughs> <laughs> But if you search just Molly Grace Colour, I'll probably come up. Yeah. But yeah, there you are. And Chris? Uh, you can search for Chris Coxon. Uh, I'm at Chris underscore Coxon on Twitter. Um, I host a couple of uh, music radio shows for the radio station Durham On Air, which you can listen to on DAB in the northeast of England, or search uh, durhamonair.com and you can listen online. Uh, you can also listen t- uh, on demand there, so you don't have to listen at the actual time if you want to hear any of my shows dan where can we find you on social media oh you look for dan de cruz and i am there <laughs> in, <on> <laughs> look in any <laughs> dark call... corner and, yeah, and there is dan, dan de cruz in the there. frying pan <laughs> you just call out my name <laughs> and you know wherever i am i'll be there. um and if you google dan de cruz i'm the first hit for my nice. website so um Please do find us there. Um, it'd be very nice to contact anyone that actually listens to this show um, <laughs> and let us know that I was robbed. Yes. <laughs> we have uh, we have an adjudicator episode coming up to adjudicate the last uh, six uh, ideas, which includes the, the two you would have heard over these uh, double episodes from Chris and Molly. Uh, we will then have a final uh, and in between, we'll have a smattering Ooh. of specials. And as promised, uh, we will bring you the out of the frying pan and into the fire pitch that will incorporate ideas from everyone that's been here today. And we'll uh, we'll have that episode out for you uh, as soon as uh, we make it, uh, which isn't going to be now because it's very late. Um, but but yeah, so that's, that's what we've got uh, coming up for Slash Dupe. And then that will close off. Uh, series one so we're very excited thank thank you everyone who's who's been a part of uh, this journey um we were i i haven't i was going to put this on the socials but um we were chatting about how we were the um we were sort of like the galaxy of podcasts rather than the kit kat so like basically we find that like when we release episodes our numbers aren't that high but then people will start listening to episodes from a few weeks ago so and i talked to a few friends of mine and one of them said Oh, I, I'm going to listen to it tomorrow because I want to listen to it with my wife and we want to like sit in the, well, have a bath together and listen to it. Someone else was like, oh, we want to crack open a bottle of wine and listen to it. 
So I was like, actually, it's really nice. Sounds like, like our podcast is for sexy times. <laughs> <laughs> our tones get the, you know, get the <laughs> <tones>. <laughs> Why? <laughs> wow. Wow, Molly. You're invited on. <laughs> So um so yeah we're really grateful for people who like cuz cuz people have stuck with us and it's cuz you know this is the first podcast we've done it's very it's very interesting to see the the, the metrics and the numbers and it's sort of like people instantly when we put an episode out people go oh yeah and then they catch up on the previous episodes it's nice <laughs> to see our numbers high for across the board and so it's cool to have people listening to um to all the stuff we made uh during Thanks the pandemic Thanks for coming along for the for, ride because it's yeah. been uh, it's been brilliant and I'll thank I'll thank you guys, Ryan and Dan. Um, I will do it on stream because it's only fair to do it in return. But I won't I won't burden Chris and Molly with it at quarter to four. So, but I will. <laughs> we can do it for the grand final. We'll do it we for the grand final. I've, I'm sure I have some choice words to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> grievances. We'll get our grievances out. That we, haven't, we haven't done for this for the duration. Um, but yes, so. Uh, Again, a one final thanks, I think, um, needs to be given to uh, Chris and Molly. Thank you so much for your attention. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's great fun. And what thanks, Ryan and Dan. <laughs> thanks, mate. Bye. 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 link the two yeah i mean i don't even mind if we want to leave that as like a bonus episode so like maybe yes do, do you know what i mean just for yeah even if people if if like chris and molly go off and think about what uh out of the frying pan into the fire would be for their movie and then just voice note us like a 30 second yeah, long clip yeah right and idea. we'll put it into the the and then the you know we'll, something like that something like that something that's yeah, like means like we it. can go a bit <laughs> can go a bit sooner um, mm. But still have an episode that feels, you know, like a really good piece yeah. of work. Well, we get that means we get three episodes out of it, which would be amazing. Yeah. Recorded in the Capo Studios 2022, What's Up, Danger?